To your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a couple of feathery brethren weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like bacon, steaks, and cheese. It's Philadelphia, Bowen Shield in the cut, kicking it cooler than two penguins. Still Bo's old arch nemesis. Greg Cosell shows up and it gets real. Pull up a branch and chill. It's time to get ill with some birds with friends. The early bird skips the worm and prefers getting turned like a turn on some birds with friends. Bowen and coming at you. With stats and things flapping their wings. You can't live up to expectations, so just do your best. <laughs> That's what I tell myself in most life endeavors. <laughs> just go with what you saw today. Okay, yeah. Change your opinion daily. Yeah, I'm all about that. For You'll sure. be wrong often, yeah. but then you can just point back to when you were right. No yeah. one will remember. No That's one's true. listening. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Birds with Friends. It is Tuesday evening. I'm Shiel Kapadia from my basement. We have Bo Wolf, uh, presumably from, I don't, I don't know where he's re- recording this, Zach Berman. Same thing. Gentlemen, uh, I normally don't ask how you're doing, but uh, given the state of how, um, you know, what's happening in the world, I guess I should ask this time. I'm in so Zach's So how are you basement. doing? <laughs> okay, very nice. Six feet away, I hope. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Uh, I have a I have a question, Sheil. Um, yeah. I'm curious how your sister Sima is ha- handling her newfound celebrity. You know, I haven't uh, fo- followed up with her actually since I uh, sent the tweet out. She, I didn't know she was. I didn't think she was on Twitter. I guess she has sort of a. Uh, I don't think she uses it much, but I think uh, when I tweeted out a picture of her that she went on to because uh, she was responding. To uh, somebody who uh, somebody who had a great comment saying, you know, I, I love uh, this comment. It was very you know, funny. Uh, he, he said, you know, good job by her. You know, she was she's co-managing the uh, COVID unit at her hospital. But, you know, basically better job by you. She'll sister's a doctor and uh, you go and uh, do nothing with your life and become a sports writer. And I said, thank you for realizing uh, the, who the tr- true hero is here. But her I thought her response was was even better. Well, if I remember she, right correctly. She's sort of a, yeah, she gets a little uh, mushy or, you know, emotional, sentimental. Oh. Eh, really the opposite of me, you know, all those yeah. things. That's she's, fair. Somebody's got to do it in the family. Yeah, you know, she likes to smile, be around people, all those things. So, uh, I anyway. I do think we should say, I do think we should say, like, uh, this is maybe uh, maybe a trite thing to say, but, uh, you know, shout out to uh, any possible listeners who are in the healthcare field or... Uh, specifically dealing with anything going on, uh, you know, our uh, our undying uh, thanks and gratitude. You are. You I are don't heroes. think that's trite at all. I I don't think that can be overstated enough. So yeah, I I would reinforce what you said. Good sentiment, and I know uh, our guy Doctor Niles, who's been with me, I think I think since the moving the chains days. Uh, he, he responded to that, and uh, he responded to to us also. And so uh, shout out to him, and thank you to him as well. Do you know that it's Niles, or, or could it possibly be Niels? Uh, it could be Niels. Yeah, I don't know. I, I have not met him. We've only interacted through uh, okay. typing. So He's got a question coming in in the uh, Bird and Edgewise later, so maybe okay. he'll, maybe he'll uh, let us know well, down if the we line. Well, if we get it wrong, then we will fix it. All right, so we are going to have some Eagles chatter today. Uh, Zach, her, Bo, I don't know, Bo, if, if you were on that too, uh, Jalen Mills did a conference call today, a little bit of a uh, an interview to talk about his new role. So we will talk about that. We will I miss talk that about, bad boy. 
Okay. We will talk about understandable. We will talk about the wide receiver situation. Uh, you know, we can't go a show without talking about the wide receiver yeah, situation, I mean, but, but there are, uh, you know, a couple names to get to of, of guys that could still be out there who the Eagles, uh, whether it's rumors or reports, whatever you want to say, have been linked to a little bit. So we will get to that. And then we will do a mailbag section. And, you know, as you can see, I'm in the host chair. Uh, you know, we could be getting out of here quicker than usual today. <laughs> I know I know, our producer, Kent, would probably welcome that, given that we started recording here at 8.30. But Z-Berm, let us start with you. Jalen Mills uh, talking to the media today. What we're your big takeaways what did he have to say about uh, his potentially new role with the eagles yeah so the the bulk of the questions as you would imagine were about the conversion to safety and he said that the that the seed was kind of planted in his head around the new england game last year and he he liked the way he he played in that said that um the eagles they used him in a variety of roles as, as we discussed at the time and he said the Eagles were the only team in free agency that were really interested in him as a safety. The other teams were talking to him as a cornerback. Um, he felt he had unfinished business with the Eagles. Uh, wants to be around the ball. That's, that's really the desire that he has with being a safety. Um, as you know, with, with Jalen Mills, confidence is never an issue. <laughs> and, and so, uh, he was certainly not like, uh, reserved about the possible switch like he he's he's confident in 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 the role he could have and then uh one other morsel of information and and this is has been on social media is he's switching from 31 to 21 uh Roby Coleman will be 31 now and Jalen Mills felt it was a a new beginning a, a time to kind of reset himself and he compared it to LeBron James and Kobe Bryant <laughs> both switching numbers uh, in the middle of their career. So um, that is your explanation from Jalen Mills. Uh, did he say, like, I, I want to get to the idea that, like, no one else was interested in him as a safety, but did he say that there were other teams interested at all? Yes. Well, yeah, he, he said the, there were teams talking to him about cornerback. Um, and I would have to listen back for the exact wording of it. But he said the Eagles were the only team looking at him as a safety. So on the one hand, like that makes sense because the Eagles are the only team that, um, like, that 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 has been with him for the last four years, uh, even though he did have like somewhat of a safety background in college. But it's also not it's not great that like the Eagles are plugging penciling this guy in, and they're the only team in the league who is like, oh, that, that guy's a starting safety. Well, yeah, there are. I mean, and and even when you say pencil him in, I mean. I don't know. What we'll see is that pencil, is that pen, is that Sharpie? I mean, it seems like, uh, you know, we can get into the secondary here, but it seems like there are certainly going to be jobs to be won and roles to be carved out and some guys will get injured. So, uh, you know, I, I don't think it's a, I don't know, do you, is it as simple as he's coming in replacing Malcolm Jenkins and he's going to be the starting uh, strong safety playing 100% of the snaps? Uh, is, is that your guy's takeaway? I think that's his feeling I'm, I'm not certain <laughs> I'm not certain that's uh, that's the approach but the reality is un unless they draft somebody um, you're really looking at either Jalen Mills or Will Parks and certainly what based about on Marcus Epps uh, well you would have a great story to tweet out if that's the case <laughs> um, so it's 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 gonna be one of those two 
And it certainly would appear based on compensation that and now now neither one is is making so much that it's a commitment where you need to put the player at that spot, but that Mills would be in the Malcolm Jenkins role, which is how he was talking today, and Will Parks would be more in that Corey Graham third safety role. I was going to say I'm glad I'm glad he brought up the uh, compensation because that is the the real thing that we need to talk about. It's interesting that he's taken 21 Ronald Darby's number because. Uh, we are all waiting on uh, pins and needles to find out what the guaranteed salary for Ronald Darby is in Washington, as we have a pacificios on uh, guaranteed salary D- Darby versus Mills. Really, I you know I can't believe I really should have like hedged because you know when Jalen Mills is kind. Con- so for those who have no idea, what, you know Bo doesn't do a very good job of explaining <laughs> these things. So uh, oh, I right. will go ahead. We we made a. Was it me against both of you, or was it just me versus you, Bo? Was Zach in on this? Uh, that's a good question. No? Were you in, I Zach? I thought Darby was, was going to get more, but I, I would well, need to trust our, our, our listeners in terms of whether I, I put betting on it. Okay. If I actually bet on it, yeah. I don't think you did. I don't think you did that. I think it was I, this was a mano a mano, yeah. Okay, it was me versus Bo in turn. I think it was when my top 100 free agents list yes. came out, and uh, Bo said he thought Jalen Mills would get – uh, a better contract than Ronald Darby. I said Ronald Darby. We said, how do we do it? We said guaranteed money. We put a pastaficios on it. By the way, pastaficios uh, doing cur- you know, curbside. They'll bring the food out yeah. to your car thing. So uh, that popped up on my Instagram the other day. So definitely, uh, if you're looking for a sandwich and are open to um, you know that that type of thing, you don't have to go in. They'll they'll come out and bring it right out to you. But anyway, we bet a pastaficios on it. And a Jalen Mill signs for one year, four million. I'm thinking. Oh, baby, I'm sitting pretty, you know, worst case scenario. What's Darby going to get? Like two for eight, something like that. And uh, Ronald Darby gets one for one four. I, I don't even know if it, I think it might be one yeah. up to four. So I actually think I you feel are, like I'm going to win. Yeah, no, you're you are the absolute favorite. <laughs> if you wanted to hedge right now and call it off, I would absolutely do it. Uh, and, I, you know, I can buy you lunch just uh, on, uh, on our on our own merits. But, um, yeah, no, I think I'm going to lose that one. I can't believe it. So anyway, but uh, no, I, I, the king I think the king. Yeah, I, I think Zach <laughs> brought up a uh, good point there. I mean, Mills doesn't have a lot of competition. That's. Number one in this, and number two is he's the teacher's, he's the coach's pet. I mean, is Jim Schwartz like what would Will Parks have to do to beat this guy out? I mean, Jim Schwartz is going to want Jalen Mills on the field. He's going to have to be a complete disaster. Uh, He's going to have to get injured, or someone's going to have to completely uh, outplay him. Now, I guess it could change if they draft a safety, you know, first, second, first or second round, and that guy just comes in and everyone sees how good and talented he is. But, you know, that is probably unlikely. unlikely. So I kind of like unlikely, but anyway. Unlikely is good. So you look at the secondary, uh, you know, I was trying to piece this together a little. Go ahead. No, that's what's so odd about this, right? Like you bring back 30-year-old Rodney McLeod, you trade for 29-year-old Darius Slay, and you're just going to live with the growing pains of a guy playing a new position? Like, it's odd. It's, it's putting a lot of faith in the defensive coordinator that he knows exactly what he wants to do with these guys. So, we'll Al- see. Although they would know, in in theory at least, well, I, I suppose more than in, in theory, they know Jalen Mills better than the other 31 teams do. They know and the guy, but they don't know that he can handle that position. No, that's a valid point. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, it's definitely if we're going through the 
starting lineup, you know, and, and saying, all right, sure thing, uh, you know, that kind of I, Well, what's so weird about this, we've category. talked about this, like, I, I like Jalen Mills more than most people like Jalen Mills. I would be fine if Jalen Mills was the starter opposite Darius Slay and you moved Devontae Maddox to safety and brought back Malcolm Jenkins. Like, that's a much better plan to me than Mills and McLeod and then Avante Maddox on the outside with Darius Slay. That ship has sailed, though. Like, well, like well, I we, know, but like yeah, so. that that, sh- that ship <laughs> no, was like, was in the port. They could have just yeah, they could have they set off a different ship. Like Zach's been reading the comments of my last piece, where people are just yelling at me for <laughs> <laughs> harping on the same things and uh, being too negative and playing the role of the heel. But uh, no, I just I feel mean, like it's going to be week fifteen, and we're still going to be talking <laughs> about what the secondary would look like with Malcolm Jenkins. Well, yeah, but just because they make it a certain way, then yes, we I can still yeah. talk about the Golden Tate trade. Sure. Well, sure. we know we all know that's right. So, uh, no, I agree. Yeah, I, I I thought Jalen Mills as a number two corner for one year, four million dollars. Uh, I you know I again, yeah, I'm with you. I know people don't like him. Uh, I I think that's a situation you can certainly live with. But they are uh, they are making some wholesale changes. So let's assume they have to play a game tomorrow, uh, and they come out in nickel against 11 personnel what is your uh who are your five guys in 11 personnel um so if 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 they're not going heavy safety uh you know if if they're not going three safeties my guess is i mean bounce maddox to the inside and jones on the outside i guess we need to see what the draft is, but, but in this case, we're talking about the game tomorrow. Tomorrow, um, I cannot. Yeah. If you really, if you're going to really sell me on Sidney Jones right now, week one, I, I don't know what we're doing here. Probably. Well, Parks. I actually, yeah, I actually think it would. Oh, and you think Parks really? No, no, no. I mean, I'm saying if 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 you're going to keep Maddox on the outside, if you're not. Oh, oh, actually, no. I I take this back. I'm sorry. Um, I I I wasn't thinking through my the. Uh, I would say Maddox and. Um, and Slay on the outside, uh, Roby Coleman yes. at nickel, yeah, yeah, and and then Mills and and uh, and and McLeod at safety, and then if if they're in like a heavy dime, then Parks comes on the field. I, I think that's that. right. And the one thing that I, I think we haven't maybe touched on enough is you know there's an idea that maybe uh, Jim Schwartz wants to wants to play much more dime, and we've talked about this in the past, and it didn't come to fruition. But maybe maybe you're talking about just one linebacker on the field, uh, you know, a majority of the time, even on even on first and second down. Which, um, again, we talked about it last offseason. Like maybe this is going to be like the dime defense, and it, that didn't end up happening. But they certainly have a little bit better personnel, and uh, you know, not a great array of linebackers that need to be on the field. So maybe maybe that is something that we will see. Although I don't know. I mean, you know, like the way we're talking about this defense this offseason is that Jim Schwartz is going to abandon like a lot of his core philosophies. Yeah, the guy's been coaching for a long time. He does the same thing. He's been coaching for a long time. I don't think they're going to be abandoning much. I, you know, I don't think they're, they're going to be a heavy blitzing team all of a sudden. Okay, so you don't think they're going to be – and what, what do you about think about man? what – what do you well? What do you think about Bo said with dime? Because I mean, the guys in the locker room uh, before every game talk about stopping the run, and it's not just that. But you look yeah. at his scheme, like what is you know we've seen we we yelled about it last year. What will it take for you to go to two deep safeties and help these guys out and give up a little more against the run? It takes a lot. I mean, they've got that safety in the box all the time at a, a very high percentage of snaps. So if you're talking about playing dime 
on first and second down with six defensive backs, you're giving up something against the run. I, I, I would be fine with it. I think that's the way the league is going and a smart way to play if you can hold up well enough. But uh, even that would surprise me, to be quite honest. So... Okay. Now I yeah, I I, I, I I do want to point out as we're talking about the secondary, but uh, I don't mean to be cheating on on national writers here. I, I read everything Shield wrote, but uh, <laughs> Bill Barnwell, who 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 Shield's podcast buddy, um, he he loved the uh, or I, I don't know if I, I should say loved, but really liked the Roby Coleman signing. Uh, gave the Eagles he likes high a, he marks likes a Roby on Coleman. That. Yeah, yeah, gave the Eagles high marks on it, and and um, he's you know he's probably more familiar with him than. I would be, and uh, and was uh, he he really talked about how how that's an upgrade for the Eagles, and was surprised that the Rams didn't bring him back at that price. So um, certainly, uh, if you just look at career accomplishments, Roby Coleman should be the slot corner. Well, I yeah. do think that uh, we probably we we probably shouldn't even have answered your question, Sheila, because the truth is, it doesn't matter where they put these guys; they all they're all positionless. <laughs> well, not all. True. Darius Slay and Ronnie McLeod are not. Yeah, yeah, you put you put else, you put yeah. Darius Slay on the outside, and then everybody else is basically a defensive tackle. <laughs> so that uh, that secondary, let's assume that you know whatever draft capital they use on the secondary, it's more on a uh, rotational guy and a depth guy who's not going to come in and play right away. I'm not saying that's going to be the case, but for this exercise, let's assume that. So basically the lineup you just mentioned is the one you're going to trot out there, assuming we have football games, of course. We'll Mm -hmm. go by that assumption. Uh, No fans, presumably. You added Javon. I mean, well, the NFL is telling us, listen, they know exactly 16 <laughs> games. We're going to be fine. Don't worry about it. You know, Every, you, Everybody get excited. <laughs> There's an extra playoff team in each conference this year. It's going to hey, be great. The schedule's coming out May 8th or, or, or May 9th. So. That is so dumb. <laughs> that is so dumb. I don't Jeez. wait. You think you think the schedule release thing is dumb, or I think the other part is dumb. Where there, well, where there's a like, lot of things that are dumb. But like, what? Like, who could possibly uh, give any sort of confidence on a on a 16 game schedule in September in May? We have absolutely no idea what the world is going to look like. Yeah, well, I, it I, is I total folly. I don't think it's it's like unreasonable though. To it's have. nothing more. It's nothing more than a ratings grab. There's no way that they can be confident even, that this like it's ridiculous. I'm not even saying like a ratings grab. Like I think if 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 they were to come out and say I don't know if we're gonna have football in September, I think that would be alarming. Like you said, no one knows what. But they don't have happening. to say that. They could just say we're gonna we're gonna wait um like a month and a half to release the schedule so that we can get a little bit more information. That's a responsible thing to do. I mean, the schedule, it's, it's, it's not such that, like, if there's a, if, if this, I mean, God forbid this doesn't happen, but if, if this lingers deep into the summer that they can't, that they can't adjust, they, they had a schedule in place when the league was under lockout and they didn't know when they were going to return, but you still need to, to have a schedule in place. I, I, I don't think it's it's like asinine <laughs> that they're coming out with a schedule. Like it's, you know, they're they're not saying we're silly. we're filling seventy thousand people in a stadium tomorrow. They're saying that if our if our league proceeds as scheduled in September, this is what the the schedule is going to be. I, I the games I, I believe are going to be played on the uh, boats that they're not going to be using for the Los Angeles draft. I would say what I, what I think 
they should have done. I actually don't have a problem with the schedule release because I think people get do get excited about that. It's sort of an underrated off-season event, but I think the messaging would be better served. Uh, I think you could do both, both of you said, basically. We don't know what's going to happen. Um, you know, we want to be optimistic. Uh, you know, if things change, things change. But, uh, you know, here, here's how we're proceeding as of this day right now. And then, you know, you can release the schedule and with some with some caveats, just so, so some of the messaging from the league office that, you know, it's like they, they got to flex their muscles and talk about how confident they are that, this is going to happen. It's a little bit weird to me, but you guys bicker. Yeah, we haven't seen any examples uh, recently of someone flexing their muscles, uh, anticipating that things are going to be back to normal and then changing course uh, when reality hits them in the face a few days later. Okay, you guys, you guys bickering. <laughs> no, there. but I just it's it's like uh, it's it's like the outrage that, and I don't mean to open a can of worms here, but it's it's like the outrage that the draft is going on a schedule. Like they're not. They're not playing games tomorrow. They're they're they're. Uh, I just don't. I don't have an issue with the schedule. I don't even have an issue with with the draft proceeding as as scheduled. Um, yeah, I have no yeah. issue with the draft. Yeah. So yeah. So I'm un- just, I'm just saying that when we do our uh, when we do our annual piece of predicting the results of the schedule the night the schedule is released mine might have a little bit of a darker turn than normal oh god all right zach you, <laughs> you and i will do one, zach you and i will do one file and then we'll do and then Bo does his own wolf colon uh you know <laughs> game by game predictions so yes. we can we can make two articles out of it just to <laughs> Not me. You know what they should do with the draft? Someone mentioned uh, something about this uh, online. They should be dragging out the draft. Like the draft should be yes. a thirty-day uh, prime time every night. It should night. be seven days. It should be. Seven this days. is what Adam Schefter yeah. said. Yeah, it, was, it could be it was, more than seven. I think. I think this was the Schefter proposal. Was was he he, he compared it to Hanukkah? Uh, having like seven nights of the draft. <laughs> I, eight I eight nights is perfect. Or, eight nights is perfect. Uh, you split the first round in, into two nights, and then you do one round, one day for each of the rest. I say just do. do why not just do ten picks a night? It's, well, that's you do crazy. An hour. I mean, it, that would have the everybody. You know, all sports fans. They have nothing else to uh, watch. You can gamble on the draft, right? So yeah, give him something. Give, yeah. give, give him something to gamble about. I mean, you, you're looking ahead every day. You're looking ahead to the next day. Uh, I don't know. I think that would be uh, that would be kind of exciting and fill a void in these sports. They uh, should definitely expand beyond three days. This is the perfect thing for the NFL to do. It's right perfect. up there. Perfect. Try like, it out. Yeah. This is the like time. this is Goodell's wet dream is to have is <laughs> oh, to have God. everybody watching as a captive audience. But yeah, there's no logistics, I, you know. Yeah. Like everybody's just doing it from what they're they they can be in their facilities, only a few people or whatever. But you well, know, the yeah, reason yeah, they it's not live. The, the reason they can't do that is because you know the the clock starts. Everybody has their imaginary OTAs that they're going to pretend that are still going to go on a week later. So they can't really. That's actually not the case, though. I, I I think in the reports today they were they were talking about having a virtual off season. That that like they're yeah. I, I don't think Zoom. a lot of people are 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 operating as as if. OTAs are going to occur, um, and the draft. I, I, I've I've read a, a, a lot that there's the expectation that that like teams won't be able to be in their draft in their physical draft rooms. Um, you know, so so there's, there's a lot of curiosity about it. But um, oh, because of how nice their draft room is. Because you know, yeah. how all Rick Spielman can talk about is his ridiculous touchscreen. <laughs> um, actually, in in, <laughs> oh, in Peter King's column this week, he he talked about. 
how impressive the draft rooms are in Minnesota and I believe San Francisco. <laughs> and the Eagles just built a new draft room last year. But I, I, I'll give Howie, I'll give Howie Roseman credit for um for like a brief thirty seconds here in that when he was asked last week about how this is affecting him. He he, I thought he gave a good answer. Where, where, where I totally like agree. Relative to like what's going on in the world, we're we're really not in position. Number one, and everyone's operating from the same set of rules. I've 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 read some stories recently, and and I don't have an issue with the stories or the quotes. Or it, it's 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 the but this like how this is really going to hurt the draft and affect the draft, and um, it's it's not as if. Like teams Who are cares? operating with a dearth of picks or like imagine being a baseball scout right now and there literally isn't a season uh, to go off of if you're, you know, if, if you're evaluating amateur players um, in football, like all you don't have are the is, are the pro days and the top 30 visits. I, I think these guys can manage. Bo wrote that great story about like the life of a scout. Like trust what these guys are doing on the road all the time. Yeah, really. You, you, yeah. So yeah, this is the job. Lame. I totally. I, mean, I don't have this like woe is me that that oh you know I I do understand guys who who either weren't at the combine or or they have medical stuff and there's there might not be standardized medical information and and that's that's unfortunate but relative to to like what's going on. I really don't think teams are at that much of an imposition. Yeah, like this do- is like, this is the job. Like, uh, and there will be unintended consequences. Like, there will be guys who weren't invited to the combine or who were injured and aren't going to get timed, and they will go, you know, undrafted or go a little bit later than they should. And guys who went to the uh, went to the All Star games will probably get moved up the board like a, a little bit, but. This is the job. Like, this is why you have yes. the guys out there in the fall to do the work. This is why you have the cross checkers watching the tape. Like, you know, don't tell me, uh, you know, it's all about what's on film. The eye in the sky don't lie. And then, and then, you know, complain that you, uh, are, are going to be hamstrung in this process. Everybody's got it the same way. And you're right. Howie gave a very good answer when he yeah. was asked about this. Like, this, like, my job in the grand scheme of things doesn't matter. Like, and this is not a hard thing for me to do to work from home. Like, it's it's uh it's not a big deal. He he gave credit to the IT staff, I think, like that you know, they set me up well, but like you know, there's a there are uh like ninety nine percent of the population is more impacted by this than I am. It's not a big deal. I think and the best also, the yeah. best the best part of that uh conference call was when his his son came in asking for the uh iPad password. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. That was great. A hu- and have a post joke. Yeah, post joke. Yeah, yeah, a good up. joke in there, yeah. Well, what did you say? I said, uh, "Well, that was my my neck. That was my. He stole my question. My question was, what's your <laughs> iPad password?'" So. But they can still like Facetime these guys for what an hour or something. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, I'm with yeah, like, Bo. I feel like, like imagine... I feel like that's a much better, uh, like a much better test of their character. Can you hold their? Can they hold your attention for an hour on a on a Facetime? Yeah. Than like showing up, uh, you know, in a suit and tie for their job interview. I just think football is is like the NFL in particular, and is is the sport that's that is without a doubt least affected by what's going yeah. on right now. And and like if they don't have OTAs and, and mini camps, and let's say not in 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 Bo's, you know, I I don't know what's going to happen, but let's say in theory they reconvene for training camp at the end of July. Maybe training camps push back. I, I, of course, I don't know what's going to happen, but if, if, 
if the sum damage, so to speak, for football is missing the OTAs and minicamp and pro days and top 30 visits and owners meetings, like that's 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 not bad whatsoever. I can tell you exactly what's going to happen here. So, well, not exactly what's going to happen, but th- this is my theory. So, uh, you know, let's assume that uh, at some point uh, things get back to normal and there is a season. Uh, there are going to be writers ready with their uh, boy. You know, the game's real, real sloppy here without uh, <laughs> yeah. all those offseason activities. And then someone smart uh, is going to do some data analysis and say the game is exactly the same. From a, you know, whether you're looking at turnovers or efficiency or whatever. Early season's always sloppy. As it is every other year. And there's really no need for these veterans to be at their facilities in <laughs> April, May. It, you know, if the rookies show up after the draft and do stuff, that's great. The veterans don't need to be there. I don't know if teams will rethink it or not because coaches are obsessed with practice. Probably not. But it'll show that there's really not a case for them to be there. Uh, the draft process, same thing. You know, people will be ready with their takes. Oh, man, you know, people didn't draft well this year. Some GM will blame a mistake on, well, you know, we didn't get the full draft process. Says someone else will come out with the data analysis and say, no, you know, like they pretty much hit or missed at the same rate as they do every other year. And all that other stuff that they do uh, is just kind of to fill the time and was part of the process. It really didn't make a difference. So those are my uh, my predictions for this. I think that's 100 percent correct. Well said. Okay. I'm with you. Have you guys have you guys ever done a, a virtual job interview like a like a Skype interview? I don't believe I. Yes, I have. Yeah, yes, I have. How many times? Uh, like we're not talking over the phone. We're talking like a video. Well, yeah, like a mind. video conference. Yeah. Uh, twice. Have you? Did you go full dress up? What was your? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, put on the suit. Yes. You put Pants? on a suit. Yes. Yes. If, if, if for a job interview, yes, absolutely. I've done two, and the second time I did, I did button down and shorts. I might have even been wearing boxers. And I got the job. (laughs) Well, the athletic really wanted you, so. (laughs) That was not one of them. Wait a minute. It was the previous job. Okay, hold on. Why on earth would you wear boxers with a button down? I mean, that really is the question here. I think that it was shorts, but I think it was like. I don't. Uh, re- I remember. Like your I remember 1995 th- pair of shorts or something. I remember. Like, yeah, like ones? oh, it was like or whatever it was. It was a raggedy outfit, and I remember thinking like, uh, I'm the relaxed one in this conversation. Oh my gosh! So so back in the fall when like I met our editors in person for the first time. Um, do you remember this, Bo? Uh, and and Bo and I went <laughs> yeah, after yeah, he was practice one day, and I'm like I'm in like a. A, a jacket, a shirt, everything, you know, and, and Bo's like, why are you dressed up? I'm like, I'm, I'm meeting my bosses. And Bo, Bo's like, you don't have to do this. Um, yeah, I, getting I coffee with imagine, Pistol Pete. Like. <laughs> I couldn't imagine doing like a job interview without um, like dressing for the job interview. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I've, I've never done the Skype one, so I don't know. But uh, certainly when I uh, when I show up in person, that has been my move to uh, you want to overdress not underdress. What is it? Uh, act like you're the most important person uh, in the company, and one day you will be. Is, is, isn't mm. that one of them? Uh, Dress for the job you want. Not for the job you have. Yeah, all mm. those. So, uh, anyway, all right. So that's so, why I wear a, uh, a football <laughs> uh, uniform to work every day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a button down in boxes. 
Uh, all right, Bo, do you have a word from our sponsors or anything you need to get to? Uh, I do. Okay. I'm glad you brought it up. Well, Did you know, Shield, that 75% of us are walking around every day in our own houses, not outside, chronically dehydrated? We are suffering needlessly from frequent headaches, energy slumps, and poor focus. It doesn't have to be this way. Hydrant creates flavored electrolyte packets you mix directly into your water to make hydrating your body easy and delicious. Each rapid hydration mix has the four essential electrolytes your body needs. Sodium, potassium, magnesium, and zinc, SPMZ, help you hydrate quickly and stay hydrated all day. And Hydrant is backed by research. The formula was developed by Oxford scientists to provide perfectly balanced, efficient hydration. There's no synthetic colors or artificial sweeteners. The formula is vegan, and you can choose between three different flavors or a variety pack. Hydrant starts at just a buck a packet for a 30-day supply. You can even save more with a monthly subscription. And for 25% off your first order, go to drinkhydrant.com and enter promo code BIRDS at checkout. That's drinkhydrant.com and enter promo code BIRDS, B-I-R-D-S, for 25% off your first order. Drinkhydrant.com and enter promo code BIRDS. You said walking around there, and we've got a uh, you know a very minor situation compared to obviously what uh, other people are going through, but worth, worth sharing nonetheless. Since I thought of it, since you mentioned that, so I had a little cut on my uh, ankle. You know, not, no mm. big deal, just a little. I thought, you know, I don't know. I was uh, playing outside with the kids. Something didn't, you know, was not doing uh, anything to it, but. You know, that was day one. And then, uh, you know, yesterday I thought for such a little cut, like this is really kind of like bothering me and annoying me. And this is a this is a little bit strange, but I thought, uh, you know, no, no big, uh, no big deal. And then, uh, you know, today I mentioned it to my wife and she looks at it and she's like, your ankle is so swollen. I'm like, uh, I'm, I'm like, what? You, you don't know if your own ankle is swollen, you know? Like, so well, I'm, yeah, well I'm, you do that because you have two ankles. You can well, look I, and compare the two ankles. It's the also outside. you lose the definition on the ankle, don't you? Well, I don't know. Well, I don't have much. She has famous ankle. ankles. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> it, it's like the outside, you know. So I was like, take a picture of both those ankles so I can compare them. And I'm like, oh yeah, that that bad boy is swollen. So. Uh, I've got this swollen ankle. It's like killing me. I sent a picture to the uh, the medical people in the family. They're like, "You got to get an antibiotic for that bad boy." Mm. So uh, now it's an I got a bobo kind, right? It's an infection. Yeah, it's I'm an in my, to hear that. it's in, infected. And uh, you know, these are the things of being old. I, I mean, I didn't do anything. And <laughs> I've got a I've got a bum ankle here, and I got to be taking some medicine for it. So anyway. it's interesting you bring that up because Casey has a very tiny cut on his thumb and it's all he talks about for like <laughs> well, the past yeah. week like i i have a cut and so <laughs> and i have a little cut on my thumb as well so every time he realizes that he has a cut he asks to see my cut and i say we have to be patient it will go away but uh not soon enough as far as he's concerned get casey on your family chat that's right. Yeah, if he needs anything, let him know. He can uh, send a video message, and uh, we will uh, we will get back to him. Uh, wide receiver situation. Uh, you know, I, I did uh, I did a post here with just kind of I really wanted to empty out all my thoughts about what's going on with the Eagles this offseason. A lot of it I had talked 
through with you guys on the podcast. So it was not a big chore to write, but I wanted to get some uh, numbers to go along with it. And the one number I, I got that I, I at least thought was interesting when I looked it up was I looked up uh, wide receivers who have been drafted in the first or second round over the last five years. And I looked up what their average production was in year one. And it's 459 receiving yards. And I mean, that is low. You know, that's not even like average wide receiver two type production. And so, uh, you know, I know Howie Roseman knows this. I know the Eagles know this. And so even though they have not made a move at wide receiver, I feel like they are, you know, I feel like they've got to do something. And it's a matter of how big it'll be, whether it'll just be sort of a journeyman type guy or whatever. But a couple of the names that have been floated out there, the first is Brandon Cooks. Peter King, in his uh, column on Monday morning, mentioned that Brandon Cooks is on the trading block, which others have reported previously this offseason. But he was mentioning his best fits, and he said he thought uh, the number one was Brandon Cooks to the Eagles for the number 53 overall pick. That's uh, that's the Eagles' second-round pick. So, uh, Bo, well, to start with you, what, what are your thoughts on a potential... Brandon Cook's uh, addition to this wide receiver core. So I'm presuming that we're also going to talk about uh, the other guy who has been bandied about as a uh, potential Eagles target being Sammy Watkins. And of the two, uh, I think Brandon Cooks is better. I would rather get Brandon Cooks, but that's depending on the price. And I think a second round pick is like way too much money or or way way too much uh, draft capital to give up for Brandon Cooks. He's got like a serious concussion history uh, he he is he has a, a real track record of success. He brings speed that they certainly need. Um, I like him more than Sammy Watkins. I know uh, Zach is a big Sammy Watkins fan, but uh, second round pick to me is is way too much. His uh, contract is pretty reasonable, but I think it's like ripe for a uh, restructure. Uh, it's I think eight million dollars of base salary next year, and then. Uh, then it's like uh, basically fake after that. It's he's going to get cut or restructured, um, but he's not like uh, you know young like the this idea that we've heard of like grow the young guys with Carson. He doesn't quite fit that. Uh, I just worry about him uh, staying on the field. Like, can the Eagles afford to trade for another guy who has a real track record of being injured? And the same is the case for Sammy Watkins. Like, uh, that is the best predictor for future health is past health like are you uh, are you are you really going to push all your chips in and if i think my biggest my, my biggest thing is i don't think that solves everything and so like if the plan all along was trade for brandon cooks i don't think that that's good enough so um so there is history between the eagles and cooks um with this coaching staff with this administration back the 2017 offseason, uh, the Eagles were deep in conversations to acquire Cooks. I believe the deal at the time that was being discussed was Malcolm Jenkins, um, a third-round pick and two fourth-round picks, I, I believe was was the – I would have to look mm. that up. I believe Ian Rapport was the one who reported the exact compensation. But it was it was Malcolm Jenkins and three picks, and the, and the deal um, kind of fell through – and Brandon Cooks was traded for a first-round pick to New England. And then New England traded him the next year, first-round pick to the Rams. Um, so he, he's been traded by two organizations so far um, for first-round picks both times. So major compensation. 
he's still very young. He he's I don't think he turns twenty six until September. So he's younger than anyone you'll you'll you would get on the free agent market. And in terms of health, yeah, concussions are obviously turns twenty seven I mean, in September. Sorry, turns twenty seven. Okay, so it's it's the other way around. I'm sorry. So he's twenty six already, and he turns twenty seven in September. I, he's young I, enough. I, thank you for yeah. So he's still younger than just about than all these receivers you're talking about on the free agent market, really. Um, and uh, and in terms of games, he's missed. He's only missed two games in the past, you know, four or five years. Um, that being said, concussions are are scary and you know you, but there's it's it's a different type of injury than than um a muscle injury in in that um uh it's it's just it's it's not like it, it you know the, the the next concussion could be really serious is 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 is, is my point so he's not but you do like the flip side is like you do there's less guesswork right like you know yes. whether you have him or not Yes, and and but I'm saying, but it's 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 not like he's like fragile with he's always hurting his hamstring or it's 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 different than that type of injury prone. Um, now, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I think a second round pick would would probably be too much given that there's an impetus for the Rams to trade him number one, and that uh, it, he's just in a different like these caveats that we mentioned in terms of the, of the concussion. Um, because uh, because otherwise the Rams probably wouldn't be motivated to deal him. Now I know they need some some draft capital, but still he's he's an in his prime player who they gave up quite a bit for. And yeah, you know, I mean that's a that's a contending team. Um, but he is a guy who I would be interested in in terms of talent. I agree with Bo that uh, he's a better player than Sammy Watkins. Um, that being said, I think Sammy Watkins the draft capital would be much less. There you go. So uh, my take on this, uh, you know, I don't know that I have many things that are different to what you guys said, but just to emphasize, I mean, this is five concussions in six seasons. He had two concussions last year where, you know, he comes back and like the stories are, is this guy going to play football still? Mm -hmm. You know, are you considering retirement? So like very serious, uh, you know, and that's five diagnosed concussions, I should say. So, uh, you know, obviously there could be, more than that. So that to me is just, uh, I don't know, that's that's very concerning. It, it just feels like a weird player to trade for from that perspective, especially if you're giving up something, uh, you know, significant for it. I mean, it could be one, one bad play uh, in training camp, in a preseason, in week one, and the guy's career is over. It's, you know, it's not like uh, uh, a knee issue and then he's out for four to six weeks and he's back. So that would make me certainly very concerned. He's been very accomplished. I mean, yeah, which is also a puzzling part of this. So he's been very uh, you know, he's at over a thousand yards in four of six NFL seasons. Like you said, he'll only be 27. I mean, he passes the eye test. You watch the guy, uh, a very good player. But now you're looking at a situation where he's been in the league six years and you have Sean Payton, Bill Belichick, yep. and Sean McVay. You have three coaches or, you know, organizations, whatever you want to say, looking to trade him. So, you know, you always want to kind of think, wait a minute, why, you know, if this guy's performing for those teams, why are they looking to get rid of him? Why are they willing to trade him? The, the you know, if it wasn't for the, uh, if there was no concussion issue, then the contract is actually very good. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it, it's $8 million this year. It will be $12 million, uh, the next year. So, you know, tw- it's basically like a Robbie Anderson, you know, less than Robbie Anderson type money for a much better player 
over the next uh, over the next two years. The other the other concern would be that last year he did not have a good year. You know that was like right. one of his wor- probably his worst NFL season. Forty two catches for five hundred and eighty three yards. So uh, what is the compensation? You know I-, I think you both said a second round pick would be too much. I totally agree. By the way, I just feel like the Rams are calling every reporter they know. Saying, please get help us get something for him. I mean, these reports have been going on now for several weeks from, you know, every outlet. And you look at, they're telling you that Brandon Cooks is available. And so, you know, I almost wondered if that number 53 pick, if that was uh, them floating that out there. Because, yeah, I think that definitely seems too high for a guy with, with that concussion history. It would just make me way too nervous. And from an Eagles perspective, I mean, you just traded a third and a five. Now you're going to give away uh, a number two. You know, now all of a sudden you're going away from, you know, you're kind of doing what you've done in recent years about not drafting for volume. So to me, I feel like the point I would say take the flyer and again this is very uh this is very difficult with the current landscape and the medicals and all that you know I, I don't know how that kind of plays a role in it but like I feel like a day 3 pick you know if it's like a fourth rounder then all right you can sell me on try to get a year out of him uh so that you have something this year but um I, I don't know above that it seems like too much I think that's what, right what, Okay, that's where you're at. How about you, Zach? Yeah, so I, I would, I'd, I'd be willing to give up that third round compensation pick that they have. Um, you know, that's that's pretty low in the third round. Uh, I, I would give that up more reasonably, and I, I, I don't think the Rams would be as interested in, in this. But I, I would do almost like a Jordan Howard type trade, not in terms of 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 the picks, but um, you know, make it conditional. So for I like 2021. That. So maybe it's a third round pick or a fourth round pick, let's say. But if he plays more than fourteen games for you, it turns into a second round pick, if it, or, or or something of of that nature. Um, now the Rams they traded first round picks both years for Jalen Ramsey, correct? So they don't have a first rounder mm-hmm. in twenty one either. Um, so so maybe they are compelled to get draft capital next year too. But I I would be more inclined to do a conditional pick next year. And, and be willing to go up to that second round if he's healthy, then give away my second round pick this year. I think that's probably right. Even the second round pick in 21 feels like a lot to me, but but I like the idea of the conditional. Here's my question. Would you, the third round pick the Eagles traded for Slay, would you have rather traded the third and five for Brandon Cooks than for Darius Slay? No. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. No, because of the injury possibility. Like, it, I mean... And again, I'm I'm not a neurologist. I I I don't know the details of the. You're basically but, a neurologist. I feel like, <laughs> um, but but just <laughs> it, that's that's like shield documented. That that's a very dangerous injury, and uh, yeah, I would really need assurance that like the next hit is not the last. It, you know, is not the last one he's taking per se. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I I don't think I would have rather done the the Cooks one. Is just so. Uh, risky. I, I think Zach m- made the right point there. Is that like the only way this makes sense is to do a conditional type of deal that would make sense for both sides? I mean, the Rams are obviously it looks like are not getting what they would like to get, and I think that type of deal would make sense. You know, if he comes in and he has a thousand yards next year, and you gave up the three, I, I would put the condition at sixty catches. 
<laughs> well, of, of course. He's actually I not a, like, yeah, but um, he has not four a high Jesse volume, Watkins yeah. too, just so you guys know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, no, that I think that's a, a very good uh, point by Zberm there, and we'll see if they end up doing this. That type of deal, you know, would make some sense to me because, you know, I've been very uh, outspoken about how you cannot go into next year with this group of wide receivers and a rookie. And so, um, you know, if you're, if you're able to make some type of conditional deal like that, uh, that, that could make sense. Now, Sammy Watkins, unless you guys have anything else to say on Brandon Cooks. Well, no. Well, this is, it's, it's tied in with Sammy Watkins. It's, it's the point that you just made. Like I would just be very wary of uh, trading for, Brandon Cooks coming from uh, you know the high-powered Rams offense, or Sammy yeah. Watkins from the Chiefs offense. Like, why is it that these really good offenses are willing to get rid of these guys? And there's an answer for that for Sammy Watkins, but still, yes. I think that's the thing you have to keep in mind. Like Sammy Watkins, I I, I view as a different situation. I, I mean, there's there's the health question there. I mean, it's it's kind of different than Brandon Cooks in that you're looking at more of those nagging type injuries, the type that the Eagles, in theory, want to avoid. Um, the Chiefs just resigned Demarcus Robinson. Uh, they obviously have have Tyreek Hill, uh, McCole Hardman. Um, you know, and they're going to have to pay Mahomes soon. They're going to have to pay Chris Jones. They're going to have to pay Travis Kelsey. And Sammy Watkins has a huge cap number for them. So that would be the reason why they would make the deal. I think Sammy and I mentioned this in our kind of off season prediction. If if it's a late pick or if, if it's the type of thing where Kansas City is just trying to get rid of him, uh, then I'd be very interested on uh, – you're taking a flyer on a very talented player. Like if you see what the Chiefs did in week one last year with Watkins, you saw Watkins make plays in the playoffs. When he's healthy, uh, he's he's – He's an, he's a really good wide receiver. He'd be the best wide receiver on the Eagles. Uh, he just hasn't been able to consistently be healthy. Um, but I'm 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 not so sure that uh, that that's something that the Eagles are pursuing at at this point. And I, I do think the injury uh, background there would be a concern to the Eagles. Uh, but it's a risk I would personally take. He hasn't had sixty catches since 2015. <laughs> We no, still had a we still had a non psychopath in the White House at that point. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, with Watkins, yeah, I I feel like they're going to have to release him, right? I yeah. mean, uh, I don't think you're going to. I don't think you. Yeah, I think everybody's playing the waiting game. Any team right. that's interested, why would you give up anything? I mean, the Chiefs have what, like twenty seven dollars of cap space or something? <laughs> it's uh, it's so low. It's very funny. It's like it's like you know ramen noodles, uh, college kid budget. I think it's under two hundred. I think it's under two hundred dollars, actually. So Sammy Watkins yeah. has has a twenty one million dollar cap number in two thousand twenty, and there's fourteen million dollars in cap savings if they were to cut him. Yes. Um, and and but seven haven't they already paid out his bonus? Wasn't that when the, when the league year started? They paid out his his. I'm just looking at, at bonus, over right? the cap here. Yeah. So I guess the seven million. That, yeah, that was the bonus hope. would be the dead money. Right. I think yeah, they so save seven. I think they get seven million dollars for for cutting him. If uh, okay, okay, 
I, I don't know. We can we can double check yeah. that. It's a it's a minimum of of that much is what I had written down. So yeah, I think that's coming. You know, unless they're um, looking, unless he wants to stay there, do some type of re, you know restructure that that lowers that number and stays there long term. But you know, he may want to see what's out there on the market. Although you know, now teams have used up a lot of their uh, cap space, so it's not the the greatest situation for him. But yeah, I mean, he's had he missed eight games in 2016. He missed six games in 2018 over the last three years he's averaged 595 yards per season and that was one with the Rams offense when it was uh really going well and then the last two with the Chiefs so that goes to one of my uh free agency rules you know like he he caught 57.8 percent of his targets last year from Patrick Mahomes in an Andy Reid offense, that makes me a little bit nervous. So, yeah. uh, if he's but he was it, used as a downfield guy a lot. Now I know Sammy Watkins has, or I know, um, you know, Mahomes is accurate downfield. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, he was he was a, a big downfield threat. Yeah, I think I don't know. I would have to look at the Tyreek Hill ones. I mean, he's obviously getting a lot of those targets as well. I remember looking yeah. up something during the postseason where it really stood out. How his was his kind of catch percentage was uh, much lower than the other guys on the Chiefs. He will be just 27 at the start of next season. So yeah, I mean we're talking about setting the floor with somebody, seeing how the draft goes, all those different types of things, giving yourself options so that it's not just uh, Deshaun Jackson, Ortega Whiteside, and Greg Ward, and whichever rookie you get going into uh, next season. So uh, I will I will say yes, I would rather. Uh, I would rather take a flyer on Sammy Watkins and not give up the draft compensation than give up draft compensation unless it's, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh round for Brandon Cooks. All right. I think I probably agree. Okay. Uh, Let us get to the mailbag. By the way, thank Mm. you to everyone who uh, donated to Bo set this up for us, the No Kid Hungry site with Birds with Friends. We reached our goal. We exceeded our goal. If you still want to donate, that is pinned at the top. Did you guys pin it at the top of your page? I still haven't pinned it. We had a listener who actually sent a reminder to pin it. Otherwise, I would have forgotten. So uh, that's anyway, that's pinned at the top of my uh, Twitter page. I'll pin it right now. There you go. So you can get to it there. Thank you to everyone for that. That was awesome. Uh, Reaching that goal, exceeding that goal. Uh, So we have some questions. This is my first pin. I think it was my first pin as well. Yeah. Zach, you a pin man, Seabar? My pin is the I'm joining the athletic uh, one. Mm. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, But what's your pin number, your ATM pin number? (laughs) Uh, I've shared just about everything else with us. We'll not share that, I guess. (laughs) E-L-I. You can't do letters, can you? Well, the numbers have letters on them. You, sure, can, that, you could do that, that if you true. wanted. All right. You've true. said enough. Now people will right. be able to get it. All right. So we have some questions. Bo, did you have some leftover questions that you want uh, to Yeah, we've with? actually got a, We have a good slew of uh, donator questions that I okay. can take us through. Uh, we'll start with your boy Niles or Niels. I don't know which one it is. Doc. Uh, let's call him uh, let's Dr. Call him Doc, the, the Doc fi- Rosenquist. Yeah. Uh, what is the second most embarrassing website people would find in your web browser history? I'm asking second most of obvious reasons. <laughs> What's the obvious reasons? I don't know, but it's also like uh, the I, I I know what he's saying in the obvious reasons, but that is funny because it's like there's only one. 
Well, mine right now would probably be something about how to treat swollen ankles. I don't know. Is that embarrassing or not? Is this something like that? Before that, it probably would have been, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Definitely like something cosmetic about, uh, you know, like uh, like trimming nose hair or something like that. Okay. I don't know. That's good. I have an answer for this. I came clean on this on the uh, last episode of Everybody Hits. Uh-oh. I have a, um, I, I have a college basketball... <laughs> I have a college basketball dynasty on whatifsports.com that I go to. Uh, That's embarrassing? What is that? That's not embarrassing. embarrassing. I don't even know what that is. Get out of here. You're trying to get out of the question. I think that's a little bit embarrassing. I go go there like several times a day. It's like that's my instead of instead of doing a uh, instead of playing video games. It's like I have a (laughs) I have a perpetual franchise mode. Okay. Yeah, Is mine answering would, this one. Okay. Yeah, mine would probably be similar <laughs> to Shields, like um, you know, like uh, something that you know maybe causes like indigestion, like you know, does <laughs> does such and such food cause indigestion or something? Like you're trying to find out the source yes. of why you're not doing <laughs> yeah, well, and, and like you're, you're yeah, so like you're you're tracing the last like eight things you ate or something, you know? So I like that. something. Yeah, something of 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 that nature. Like I yeah, so I I've had road trips where like I was. I was gluttonous. We had actually, I, um, uh, Bo and I, when we were in Wisconsin, um, had mm. like just a, yeah, a gargantuan a like breakfast, like it was like a lunch, but a, a breakfast lunch was before we, we went to Lambo and it was, uh, it was like this big, it was essentially like eggs and veggies and, and potatoes all, Sounds great. all in the one with the milkshake. Okay. And, um, and I was, I was just like, I was dead. (laughs) You fell asleep. You just (laughs) took a nap. And, and like, not just that, that, but like the rest of the day, like could not even look Mm. at the meal at Lambeau Field. Like I was, uh, you know, I'm, I'm usually like really into the game and, and like, I remember, I remember texting my wife, like, I'm really not feeling well. <laughs> so, you know, and so, so that it was this. You hit this, that, this you hit that pretty well. Yeah. I mean, I felt bad, but I was, I was, yeah. So probably something like that. Like, like does a milkshake. You were like, you wish you could have tra- traded places with Avante Maddox. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wouldn't go that far, but, but like, does a milkshake at, at 11 a.m. like yeah. make you feel, yeah, uneasy. Yeah. So. Yeah. Thank you for participating, uh, Zach. That, that reminds me, Zach. Uh, I feel like we have a uh, we have a birthday shout out. We have to give. Uh, yes, the, yeah, the, the best dressed okay. man in Philadelphia. That's a good. That's a good title for my father in law. Uh, uh, my father in law, David. It's his birthday tomorrow, April first. And uh, uh, as supportive of a father in law as one could be, he a loyal listener to the show enjoys both you guys as well. A loyal reader of the, of the Athletic and. Uh, uh, just a heartfelt, affectionate shout out to him because I really appreciate him. So happy birthday! Happy Good birthday! Man. I we've have tra- we've traded it. we've traded emails before. I've never seen a man rock a bow tie better than that in the last <laughs> I don't know decade <laughs> at least, maybe no, longer. No, that's right. Okay. What is? Are there any complications with a uh, April Fool's birthday that you know of? Um, <laughs> no, actually, that's a good question. I, I will ask him. I mean, I, I feel bad to a certain extent like that. Uh, I, I imagine there's nothing more he would want on his birthday than, than to be with his grandchildren and 
obviously for obvious reasons that you know we we mm. can't do that but shoot him uh, the old uh, we're, we'll, we'll be there in five mm. minutes we're coming over text and then say april <laughs> fools oh yeah yeah that, that doesn't exactly sound like the uh, <laughs> the nicest or best way to handle it <laughs> uh april fools is big in the Capati household after this i'm oh, gonna yeah? have to go how so i'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to go up and find out what I'm supposed to fake react to tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> and if I don't do it to perfection, then Naya will uh, be ready to uh, hit me, you know, punch me or something. Because this is this is what happens. Kick you in the right? ankle, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Last year, I think they they all worked together on some type of like paper squirrel i believe it was and i was told like i can't get out of bed like i can't be the first one awake so i had to stay in bed and then like they came in and woke me up and they're like look and it was like to my right there was this paper squirrel and i had to act like i was terrified of the uh of the squirrel so yeah i will go up after this and get my instructions for what i'm supposed to do tomorrow to uh earn my oscar that's pretty good Okay. Uh, next question from David Schwartz. If the Eagles are mediocre this year, nine wins or fewer, what percent chance do you think Lowry starts viewing the Super Bowl as an outlier and looks to move on from one of Howie, Doug, or Carson? Well, not Car. I mean, Carson zero. Yeah. I would say Howie very unlikely too. I would think Doug would be the guy to watch in that scenario. Which is very interesting. You know, I I feel like he has done a pretty consistently. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think that that's probably job. the right read, but it is uh, maybe not uh, based on meritocracy. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's a, it is a good question. I mean, I would still be surprised, but I guess it sort of depends on how the uh, how the season goes, how they get to nine wins. Certainly, if you're like under five hundred, and it's not because of a Carson Wentz injury, uh, then I would think some dramatic changes would be in store. And I also think that the uh, the offseason moves of, of the coaching staff, the, the fact that there was such turnover on the offensive side, and, and that's, as we've discussed, that's Doug's side. Um, I, I think that the uh, the implication there is, is and if, if you were to believe, as has been reported elsewhere, my former colleague Jeff McClain reported this, that um, Jeffrey Lurie kind of in, imposed himself in, in, in that situation – um, that the implication then is is that it's not Jim Schwartz's unit that needs the help. It's it's Doug Peterson's unit, which is not necessarily what the uh, moves of free agency have uh, told thus far. But I think it would be impossible to look at just even the you know the the one day later flip flop from his press conference and think yeah. that this is an organization with everybody in lockstep. I think it's a great point though. Their their moves so far this offseason strongly suggest that ownership's ownership believes it was a coaching issue last year with the offense not necessarily a yeah. uh that's a good that's point true. you know a and they personnel. think that personnel was the problem on defense yeah that's yeah, a they very haven't done good a thing on offense they, they just true. made him, they just <laughs> made him change his entire coaching staff well they brought Sunfeld back <laughs> they brought they, <laughs> and they let him. jason peters go yeah that was They're the like, funniest thing from howie's <laughs> press conference he's like oh, i'll just start with going through the players themselves and he's like on offense, uh, you know, we brought Nate back, and he goes through his thing. He's like, all right, and then on defense, uh, like, they didn't do a single other thing on offense. Yeah, I mean, I know they're going to build through the draft, but they made him bring in uh, 17 new coaches and have not given him one person to uh, one more person to work with. So that that yeah. is pretty telling. Okay, go ahead. 
from Ben Price, would you trade Zach Ertz and Derek Barnett for Yannick Ngakwe and Jacksonville's second round pick? I would not do that trade, no. Uh, no, I, I, yeah, I, I would not either because I, mean, I would like, do that. Like trade. You were just saying, really? Uh, yes. I mean, the offense has no weapons as it is. Um, Zach Ertz is, is your is is your yes. best offensive weapon. Um, so, so now you're further depleting Carson Wentz, and you're basically saying you wouldn't trade Ertz for a second Goddard. round pick. I would, I would trade Goddard for a second round pick before I trade Ertz for a second round pick. I would trade Goddard and a second round pick for DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> All right. I won't. I won't keep going on that. But uh, no, I think Zach's uh, read is actually right. Like, all right, maybe I think this is one where it sort of goes beyond like what yeah. the player is worth. You know what I mean? Like, That's true. This, In a this, vacuum, this, this, I would do this for like franchise X, but probably not. Yes, on paper, but yeah. like they've got nobody else to throw to. It's his best friend. Uh, you know, he's kind of he's he's been durable. He's been productive. Um, all these different things. So I would not do that. And, uh, you know, I think uh, the percentages are on Yannick and Gakwe having a more productive next, uh, whatever, three to five years. But I mean, I guess it depends on how you feel on, uh, about Derek Barnett internally. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm a little more, uh, bullish on him than, uh, others would be. You guys think Carson's made any trips to uh, Liberty university recently? I hope. Um, my guess is is not since he was there. He was he was there in like mid February, so basically mm. right before. But we and used... not since they irresponsibly brought their students back. <laughs> um, no, I don't I think he's imagine been back there because since, yeah. no. because you know they know better than science. That's that hasn't happened. Okay, I would imagine Carson's practicing uh, social distancing um, and. <laughs> Yeah, his 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 wife is is due in the next few months. So That's true. Uh, yeah, so my guess is is Carson's hunkered down at at, at the compound. Uh, question for Zberm from uh, Defop Michael Weber. Uh, Zach, what is the best pizza in Syracuse? And <laughs> All right. and aside from dinosaur barbecue, what is the best food in Syracuse? Um, so now, mind you, I graduated in 2008, so it's it's been some time since since like I was able to to um, you know. So so my answers might be dated. Number one and number two, I got to admit, when I was a student, like I I didn't eat like the best restaurants. Like if 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 I went there now, I, I would. I, I mean, I love dinosaur barbecue, but I I couldn't tell you like the five nicest restaurants in Syracuse. I I I was. A student, you know, um, so I'll, I'll answer the first one, uh, which is um, so there was this place called ZJ's back in the day. I, I say back in the day, not that long ago. I don't know if it's still there or not, but it was uh, it was like an underground um, place that uh, I liked their pizza. Um, Varsity pizza, I didn't like as much, um, but uh, Varsity is probably the most popular one. ZJ's was my spot back then. Um, I, I gotta look up if it's, if it's still there. Uh, I, I always liked dinosaur barbecue. Actually, I went to Syracuse before the Bills game this year and with Matt Gelb, our Phillies writer, uh, we went to, we went to dinosaur barbecue that night and then, (coughs) excuse me, um, there was a, a really good, um, burrito place that I, I used to go to called Sarah Juice. Uh, I doubt that's still there anymore. And, um, but they had... They had really good burritos back then, and there was um, 
a Mexican place called Alto Cinco, which uh, we used to get delivered to the Daily Orange quite a bit. So those were my spots then. So I'm I'm curious if those places are still there. But uh, I believe it looks like are- ZJ is unfortunately permanently closed. Mm. Wow, well, I think I was I was their best customer. Probably, <laughs> I'm sorry to say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, do you mind? Have you, you told? The, have you told the story on the podcast of the cookies from your time in Syracuse? <laughs> this is my um, favorite Zach story. I I have not. Um, uh, look, that, so I'll just give an abbreviated version. And oh, it's a great if, story. You got to tell the story. If you guys come to our, uh, the, well, I, I mean, I, I don't want to dime out anyone here, but um, if you come to our next meetup, I, I would tell you in in, in person. But uh, so I I really like cookies. Um, and I, I liked them more when I was like 22 than probably I, 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 I can't have like as many now, uh, 11 years later. So, um, but back then, so I would, uh, I was working at the campus newspaper until like 1am, a lot of nights, midnight, 1am. And then I would, I would come back and I would do my schoolwork. Um, and, uh, and I would kind of need like a, uh, a pick me up. And so there was this place called Insomnia Cookies, and their mod- <coughs> excuse me, their 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 motto, their slogan rather, was "Baked on Campus," um, which uh, which, as I learned, had had like alternative meetings per se. Uh, it was it was it was it was a very clever <laughs> title or a, a, a very clever slogan, and um, and I would I would order cookies, and the uh, and it'd be like the same delivery person and. Anyways, without like getting into specifics, he was he was like he had the wrong impression for a while. I was ordering cookies at that hour. I, I think I was the only one who was ordering cookies at that hour because like he liked the taste of the cookies and he was looking for a pick me up. I, I think he uh, he offered you some. People, he offered you a little something, something. No, no, I, I I'm I'm not suggesting that, but I'm I'm, I'm saying that I think the uh, I, I think the other people who were ordering cookies were probably of a different. Um, well, and he was he was then surprised. Yes. That you were not. Uh, I don't want to. You know, it's like, what are you talking about? You order cookies at two a.m. every night. <laughs> <laughs> and and now this uh, this is not every night, but um, I, I I can't tell you. There was like a point a few years ago when like my my wife and I were going through my old emails. I was I was just showing her like what my uh, ordering habits were uh, back then because <laughs> because she couldn't like believe that that like I. I my my wife eats 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 very healthy and uh like i was a typical you know 21 22 23 you know year old guy and uh i was living on my own in charlottesville virginia and washington dc and hoboken new jersey and you're like ordering in whatever the deal was at at that uh on a, on, a, on a given night so certain nights there were wing deals certain nights there were pizza deals and she just couldn't believe what what these orders were. So, uh, so yeah. So I I was a frequent customer of Insomnia Cookies back in the day. They've got they've got Insomnia in uh, Philadelphia, right? Center City. Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah, but it's 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 different now. Oh, um, it's different. Okay. No, no. I mean, it's the same company, but uh. I mean, this is uh, this is going to sound embarrassing. But uh, when they started, like like they were, like Syracuse was 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 one of the first places they started at, and these cookies were like substantial. And, uh, and 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 they were priced very well, and and, and since then it's like the cookies. And you have got shrunk. a little special something on the side with it too. <laughs> no, 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 no. The cookies have shrunk, <laughs> and the price has 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 increased. I, I would imagine. I mean, I I don't want to get an email tomorrow from an insomnia cookie. I like an insomnia cookie. Yeah, 
But uh, well, then you would have loved it in two thousand eight. They were yeah, I like yeah, a deal. Were, yeah, so. <laughs> that's fair. Anyways, uh, that was, that's a that's a story. We have we have one last question from a donator, and then uh, and then that's all of those uh, from Dan. Oh, hold on, I just clicked out of it. Uh, who are some realistic veteran wide receivers who could be uh, options for the Eagles via trade or wide res- or free agency? So we talked about Watkins and Cooks. Uh, I've sort of I, I did my like uh, run through the league to see who else could possibly be there uh, for an article that I have not written and may never write. But uh, like, there's not a lot out there. Uh, like, Kenny Galladay has one year left on his rookie deal, and maybe like he forgot the middle name of the Lions owner, and Matt Patricia wants to trade him. <laughs> uh, Juju That'd be Smith- a great guy to get. Yeah, he'd be good. I don't good. think they're trading him, yeah. yeah. I don't think they're trading him. Like, I don't think, uh, you know, maybe the Steelers don't want to go through another protracted uh, negotiation with a wide receiver and, you know, like, they'll take a first-round pick for Juju Smith-Schuster or something. Um, but if you're looking for guys who, like, really make an impact, it's not great. Like, you know, could you get Odell Beckham? Could you get Jarvis Landry? Uh, like, you know, could you throw a... a uh, ransom to the Panthers for DJ Moore. Uh, I don't know. There's not a lot out there. Otherwise, it's like you know, guys who aren't going to move the needle much. Like I don't know, Corey Davis, Ted Ginn. Yeah, oh, I yeah, think maybe. yeah, it might even be lower. I mean, Ted Ginn, uh, Taylor Gabriel. Though uh, you might right. be shopping back that. to back to Dante Pettis. Yeah, not a lot. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you're going to get really anyone. Anyone that good, unless I don't think Galladay would be moved. Um, I don't think Moore would be moved. Uh, so unless it's a it's a team that that kind of drafts someone and and someone else becomes available, I got to imagine it's it's more of the expensive veteran type that would be moved. Okay, let's run through these real quick. Uh, does this is from Pro Bowl MVP loyal listener? Uh, does Zeberm quarantine in jeans? He seems like the type to do so. <laughs> Zach, um, to put it succinctly, uh, that's an accurate read. Although that has uh, that's changed a bit, um, so it's it, I'm going on to week four now, like this. And initially, it was like you know, like from working from home, I would I would get up, shower, shave, jeans, a sweatshirt, sneakers, and uh, you know, I, I, and probably two weeks ago, my wife, who's who's more in the fashion than 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 I am, was like, "Why are you?" dressing like this and has tried to get me more toward the ath- athleisure. Oh um, yeah. What do you, what do you and, got? You uh, get some athleisure? Well, I'm not there yet. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm kind of trending toward <laughs> it and uh, trying to kind of figure out what, what works. I, I, I don't really have a strong athleisure arsenal. So it's actually been a, a uh, point of conversation. I think you're underselling it. I think you've got an underrated shorts game, my man. Shorts. Yeah, yeah but I'm, I'm, I mean, I think this is, we're talking more like, like the jogger sweatpants debate, and and uh, and yeah. So I I need more from that, and so I'm I'm I'm, I'm working on on that. But uh, I I started off the quarantine life in you know the normal uh, jeans and sweatshirt, and and I probably leaned more toward the kind of the sweatpants jogger type in the past two weeks. There you go. There you go. Uh, Nick says. I just want to give some love to Zeberm for his unwavering integrity. At least twice a pod, I think to myself, if everyone was like Zeberm, the world would be a better place. 
Hmm. Uh, that's right. very nice, Nick. I appreciate oh, it. Right. I don't think it'll make as entertaining of a podcast, but I appreciate <laughs> that. Uh, another loyal listener, Philly local guy, says, Since 2017, what was the best draft decision how we made and what was the worst? And for the worst, what reasonable move would you have replaced it with? I know this is ridiculously long for a question, but hey, what else is going on? Uh, that one might take some research unless you guys have anything off the top of your head. I would say Clayton Thorson was probably the worst. Is there one worse than that? I would think I know, uh, since, since 2017, but I would I didn't go Donnell Pumphrey. Oh, okay. All right. Just because it was a loaded running back class and you ended up with with Pumphrey. So. I mean, really, though, like uh, the picks are not great in those last three years. Like... Barnett, fine. 14th overall, maybe not the the punch that you're looking for, but everything after that was not good. Rasul Douglas was a fine third-round pick, but uh, you know nothing great. The next year, Goddard, resources. Avante Maddox is probably the best draft pick uh, in terms of like return on the investment of any of them. Maybe Miles Sanders. I guess Miles Sanders, you could say like that's what you drafted the guy for in the second round, and he delivered yeah, that right that's away. Yeah, that's looking good. That's the best. That's probably the best pick. By the way, I get, remember I got crushed for my Goddard analysis, and I still get hit with resources whenever he does anything. Uh, you know, I did uh, read what I wrote about him at the time, and I got to say, this might have been one of my uh, better calls. I said I get the idea mm. of adding another offensive weapon for Wentz, but if it were a wide oh, receiver, you got this right ready to go. Yeah, oh uh, yeah, because when we mentioned the Goddard trade, I was going to read it then. But if it were a wide receiver, that player could potentially be a starter right away, or at least in 2019. That's not the case with Goddard. It's just hard to imagine him playing enough snaps to warrant such a high selection, especially when they have other holes on the roster to fill. I like the player. I think he'll have a good career. He may very well make an impact in certain situations. I just question the use of resources. I think that was right. Mm -hmm. I think that was the right call. That's interesting. That gets me to uh, Google my grade Uh for uh, J.J. I think of Whiteside. Let me pull that up. (laughs) Okay, go ahead. Uh, Greatest... Quarantine uh, Bill Gwynn asks, who is the greatest quarantine uncle during this time? A delivery guy? Possibly someone you have video called? Knowing your history, I doubt you have willingly participated in any virtual happy hours. Oh, I guess this is for me. I can only hear you saying, when is this going to be over? I have to go. <laughs> I, know that, I know that's right. Uh, best quarantine uncles? Uh, I think there's a, a lot of good quarantine uncles. Anybody doing right delivery. Anybody doing delivery is like to going above and beyond right now. Thank you uh, very much. Well, yeah, we mentioned all the, uh, you know, people working in hospitals and, you know, any type of uh, medical professionals for sure. Uh, people working at pharmacies. How about people working at grocery stores? They've got to be uh, uh, kept open. So there are a lot of people uh, working during this time to help everybody else. So I, uh, I can't just uh, identify just one of those. Okay. There's some others here, but, you know, I wanted to make this a short podcast. Well, you got to give the, you got to give the priority to the donators, you know. If you yeah, really want, if you wanted to well, ensure your question gets answered, you know, throw you a know, little lettuce. I did send a rundown earlier. It did not include Bo asking Zach for like uh, his college stories. So, yeah, I'm sorry uh, about know. that. I, uh, no, I that's not bad. your fault. You had to. I feel bad you know. telling that story too. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, I, well, not, I, you didn't even name a guy. No one's going to get in trouble. Well, I I, th- I think Insomnia is rebranded since since like 2004 and and has changed their prime marketing strategy. It was a, I don't know. I, okay. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> Can I read my no. Ortega Whiteside grade? Oh, my God. Go ahead. The selection of Ortega Whiteside is a somewhat curious one. 
Throughout the draft process, it seemed as if the Eagles were focusing their attention on dynamic, quick receivers who could potentially replace Nelson Aguilar in the slot and perhaps transition to the outside. Arthega Whiteside is not that player. At first blush, his skill set is somewhat duplicative with Jeffrey Ertz and Goddard. Uh, yada, yada, yada. I mean, He's, I just read like a couple sentences from mine. Let's uh, get to uh, in the, uh Let me see. Oh, my God. Uh, value was... Sorry, Kent. One hour and 18 minutes in. <laughs> Basically, I killed the pick, and I was right. Well, yeah, I'm sure someone else could find a different opinion that you had on a different medium. So Never. I was at least I was consistent not. with mine all the way through. All right, if you're not subscribing, theathletic.com slash birds with friends, you get the 90-day free trial. You get, uh, I think you still get 40% off. People have been using that a lot. We appreciate your uh, your support reading as you are doing whatever else you are doing. Hope everyone is, uh, is safe, and this has been uh, the nonsense you were looking for for the last hour plus. We will be back at some point uh, for Bo Wolf and Zach Berman. This is Shiel Kapadia, and uh, you are not uh, you are not terrible. Thank you for listening. Birds with friends. Birds with friends.